Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between branding and marketing. I'm sure you've heard so much information online. I mean, I feel like every time I go on Facebook, I see another ad for another marketing guru who wants you to download another thing um, so that you can get into their sales funnel. And I get it. It's kind of a necessary part of marketing yourself these days. But when people say that they do brand strategy or they help you with your brand, um, what does that mean? Some people use the word uh, brand design, brand consulting, branding expert, whatever they use for their title or for how they're explaining it. Um, people kind of get the idea that a brand is kind of like, most people know that brands are what you think about something. So most the most popular brand actually in history is Coca-Cola. So most people, when they think of Coca-Cola, you probably think of an ad that you saw when you were a kid. You think of, they used to push really heavily families. Um, if you look at the history of Coca-Cola's brand, they always strive to be with the times and to be marketing to people as a lifestyle. So Coca-Cola becomes part of your family picnics, part of your everyday um However, they're positioning it in that moment, they kind of try to keep up with the lifestyles going on in culture at that time. Um, and so it's evolved over time, Coca-Cola's positioning, but they still remain one of the most recognizable brands in the world. They're in multiple countries um, and every country has a different uh, brand strategy depending on where they are. And some countries have different flavors of Coca-Cola. So the way that they brand themselves actually is so multi-leveled and tiered because of the people that they're trying to reach across different audiences, different languages, that kind of thing. So really when you think about branding, there's a couple of things, you know, well, more than a couple. People want to know, for the sake of this um, podcast, people want to know really what your core principles and values are. They want to understand your mission statement or what you do. So obviously who you are, what you do, why did you go into business in the first place? Sometimes your origin story is a really good thing to think through and write out so that you kind of, if you're ever asked that uh, question, those things are maybe something you're not going to put on your website, depending on if it's relevant, but um, that is part of your brand, your brand story. Uh, what makes you different? Um, there's a million marketers out there. What makes you different, right? And if you have to work with somebody to figure out what differentiates you from other people, then that might be a wise thing to do. But um, it might be the way that you present your services. It might be the way that your mind thinks, the type of consulting that you do. Um, I actually just had a strategy session about this myself um, because you have your business brand and you have your personal brand. So how are you going to position each one? And then how does your personal brand, you as a person, fit into that bigger business branding strategy? Um, and some of these other elements can come into play. When people think about you, what do they envision you wearing? I mean, that's really kind of simplistic, but I remember working with a lawyer who always wore teal and red jackets. I know it seems a little bit like a weird contrast, but she said it really wasn't about her brand colors on her website, which I highly recommend if you're able to match your clothing with your brand colors. It's uh, it's mentally nice to tie those together, but she knew that if she wore certain clothing at meetings, she was in the legal profession. She said everybody else in every single event she went to wore black blazers, black pants, and maybe 
maybe a colored shirt underneath or a white shirt or whatever underneath. And she always wore really brightly colored jackets so that she stood out in the sea of lawyers that were somewhere, especially when she's speaking at an event um, or presenting at an event or whatever it is. She wants to be the one that stands out. And so she ended up starting a company doing personal branding for lawyers because she knew that she had figured out this formula to look a little bit different, but it didn't have to be loud or crazy. She just made sure that her jewelry was a little bit oversized. Her jackets were bright and people actually came up to her, talked about her clothing, and it was like a conversation starter at events. So when you're talking about what is your professional sense of style, it's not just how you engage with your clients. And that's part of it. But it's like, what do they picture you as when you're thinking about them? Um, when they're thinking about you, um, same thing when you're working with other people, what do you think of when you think of certain people that you go to for certain services that might help you come up with that kind of stuff? Another thing we think about with branding is when somebody hears your business name, what do they think of? Does your business name actually make sense for what you do? So are you selling shoes, but you're calling yourself something that's completely different? So um, once you have brand recognition, it doesn't matter so much. Like if you think about those shoe brand Skechers, if someone said to me, oh, I own a company called Skechers, I would think maybe that they do illustrative work or illustrations, but obviously it's a shoe company. Um, so when you're starting out, your name can be very, very important, but remember you can pivot from a naming if you change your mind or you want to go in a different direction or you realize it's not resonating. But I would say if you're really, really stuck on that, get some consulting, get somebody to help you work through that piece of it so that you can just feel really comfortable with what you're doing. If you're a coach, consultant, or solopreneur, you may be using your own name, which is totally fine. And that's where a lot of these other things come into play as far as your sense of style. Um, another thing is your internal company culture. If you are uh, the CEO of a larger company and you have 10 or more employees, maybe 20 or more, how is the culture of your company different? What is there some kind of human resources thing that you do differently? Is there a leadership element of your, of your culture that is uh, focused and highlighted on. Maybe you run things like if you're a military veteran and you have a company, maybe you run your company like it's a military unit. Maybe you have rank structures similar to that of what you were used to in the military. There's all different unique ways to do this and to, um, you know, everyone has a different way. I've been to uh, the headquarters of HubSpot, actually. <laughs> I went there and met with some of their people years ago, and they had an open floor concept seating arrangement where everybody sat in one big room, hundreds of people working. It was like almost like a warehouse building in Boston, and people worked at different stations. And then what was kind of fun was like they had a group kitchen, like a community area. So at lunchtime, or even if people were just getting really like mentally burned out on what they were working on, they could get up, go into the kitchen. Um, they could grab snacks, food. They could even grab beer and wine if they really wanted to and just hang out and talk about projects and collaborate. So it was a highly collaborative integrated. Um, on the flip side of that, there wasn't a lot of privacy. So HubSpot is kind of a trendy, cool um, company that was in its earlier stages years ago. Um, and they always, you know, all the people that worked there, they either really loved that way of working or they didn't really love it at all. And so 
but it helped people decide, you know, is that the kind of company I want to work for? Um, and the clients that they bring in, you know, it's something that when you think about them, once you know how they work, it's easy to know whether it's a fit for you or not. And that's the thing. Some people, if your brand is positioned well, people are going to know right away if they want to work with you or if they don't want to work with you. And it's better for you, actually, if they know right away that they don't want to work with you because it saves you um, a lot of trouble and a lot of time um, later on down the road. So those are some of the key ones. Uh, and there's some things that you, I mean, all of these things are conscious decisions, but what the end of the day, what you really want to get across is how you want your customers to describe you as a company, whether it's you personally as a consultant or an author or speaker, or whether it's your company as a whole, maybe you have a law firm or something of that, or real estate, maybe you're a real estate broker and you have 10 different agents underneath you and you want people to think of your company in a particular way. All of those other elements are really subsections under the main focus, which is how you come across. And those things are gonna attract and repel people. And so branding is really not the same as marketing. And that's why talking about the difference is important. So uh, obviously this podcast is about branding versus marketing. So we want to just talk a little bit about that side of it. So branding is really your positioning, right? How's your website? How are you in person? It's like a combination of your online and offline presence. Because every single person, every business has the same exact communications channels across the board, right? We have our website, we have podcasting, we have uh, blogging that we can do, we can go on other people's um, news outlets, we can do radio interviews, television interviews, we can do uh, newsletters, we can make uh, quick downloadable ebooks, we can sell paperback books. I mean, there's only certain things that we can do to communicate and everybody has the same channels, right? So your job is to position yourself on every single channel so that you are coming across the same way. Your message is consistent. You're coming across consistent. That's branding. And it's really a feeling people get when they see you. I've had a lot of people comment on mine after I redid my colors and my imagery and they're like, you know, it just reminds me of calm and ocean and our intent was water. I live right by the water. Everything in New England area is all about boating and water. And it's funny because when I was in the West Coast, I was branded a totally different way with different colors altogether. And what I realized is, you know, the other thing I wanted to get across was um, peace and calm. And those colors we picked, you know, they're almost like spa colors. <laughs> so we wanted to get across that when someone works with us, they should not be worried or stressed or overly thinking about all the marketing things that have to get done because we're going to take that stress away from them. So that was um, a huge part of our brand colors and why we went with what we went with and the softer shapes versus a very choppy geometric shape. Um, we did a circle with very soft waves. And then for the brand flow method, we did the same thing, very soft shapes and specific colors so that we know that we're portraying something that it, that we want to carry through our entire brand. So as you go through your planning for your rebrand, if you're going through a rebrand or you aren't sure about how you appear online right now and take a look at color theory, color theory is really fun and it'll help you 
think about, I, I recommend people take Myers-Briggs tests. It's free. I think it's 16personalities.com. You can search 16 personalities in Google and it'll pull up the link right away. Um, and then another thing they do, take that, look at who you are in that personality spectrum and then um, think through your colors that you are attracted to and why. And um, also remember the industry you're in. So if you're a fast food place, you know, there's certain colors that are pretty much across the board because they invoke hunger feelings. So red and yellow, if you think about Carl's Jr.'s logo, Chick-fil-A uses red, McDonald's uses yellow and red, Wendy's uses yellow and red. I mean, there's a science behind why they're all using those colors and they just put them together differently and they have different brand values. And so um, when you think about that, it is more than just picking out pretty colors that you like that looks good on the color palette. It's how you're coming across. Okay, I beat the color thing to death. So we're gonna move on to marketing. Um, marketing is really the tools that you use to deliver your message of your brand. So the brand part is how you're positioned, your messaging, your look and feel, and how you deliver your services. That's kind of all the intangible things that evoke emotion in your clients and potential customers. Uh, marketing is how you get that out there. So all the things I listed before, um, like and including SEO, content marketing, social media marketing, pay-per-click advertising, mobile marketing on cell phones, television, radio, print. We talked about that. I mentioned it a little bit uh, a little bit ago. Those things are very those things are very concrete. But when you take your brand identity and you put it across those channels, that's a very deliberate thing. So. Recently, when I went to talk to this person about my own personality and um, just looking at everything that we're doing, because everybody needs some kind of a third party perspective, in my opinion, they were saying, you know, because they're a client as well, but I'm using their services too. So they said, you know, Kaylin, the thing that you're not explaining or that you could improve on is explaining to people that their brand is really a living, breathing ecosystem. He said, every time you talk to us, you are always showing us how everything intertwines together and making connections that we would not have normally made on our own. And he said, that's why things get disjointed because maybe you hire a web developer and they put out this really gorgeous website with all the bells and whistles that you want. And you're so happy with it. You love the look of it. You love the font. You love the function. It's clean. It's easy to use. People are so, they're raving about it. Great. Then you go to your social media and you're creating your own social media graphics. And for whatever reason, you don't have the fonts that are used on the website. You don't really understand why that page was designed that way and why those colors were used and why certain things were big and bold and other things were small and script and you don't have the background thought process um, given to you by the person that created all your brand elements for you. And that's why we provide clients with a brand book because that helps you make those decisions on other platforms. But everything, a lot of people focus so much on the website. They don't realize that if somebody is going to be on social media and they're going to see your Facebook page first and not your website first, you really need your social media channels to be congruent with your actual website. And um, it's going to be boring. You're going to create like 500 images that look pretty much the same with a little tweaks. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So don't worry if you're like, oh my gosh, I have all these images. They look the same. They're just different sizes. That's the point though, because when think about when you're online and you're surfing through 
all of these different um, channels, even Instagram, it used to be, I mean, Instagram is great because you kind of have one thing and you're looking at at a time as you scroll, but now you have stories at the top and you have um, IG TV channels and streams and they keep adding functionality as does Facebook, LinkedIn just added stories functionality. So when you look at all the different channels, I mean, every single touch point that you have with your online clients, I mean, that's what they're going to recognize you. They're going to go, oh, I saw her on Facebook, I think. And now this is her again on LinkedIn. And I know because she's got the same jacket on, on all her cover images and she's got the same font. And it like, when I see this, I know it's her, I know it's her content and her stuff. So that's really important that you don't try to get creative in a way that um, departs from your initial concept. Um, And that way, every single channel in your marketing is going to be reflective of who you are and what your brand strategy is. So um, that being said, your brand does come first. So when we work with clients, we have the three-step process. And so in the very beginning, we do a whole big brainstorm goal setting session and also your brand loves and things that you want to look like and sound like and communicate with your audience. And then the second phase is implementing all that, getting everything built out. And then the third phase is your sales funnels where it is going to, where you're, we're going to build that portion out. So even though everybody wants to jump straight to (laughs) sales funnels, um, what ends up happening is if you skip the foundational elements and then you skip that part with the branding that you get that real, you don't get that solid, you end up, not converting as many sales later on down the road because once people see your funnel, they may not, they may just download something for free and then move on. But even if they kind of move on from your brand after that first download, they may remember your branding. So if you follow up with another email, you follow up with a sales funnel, you follow up with other kinds of interactions with them, you're going to know that you have done your due diligence to set yourself up correctly. Cause there's a lot of times I've downloaded stuff um, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is such a great tool. Let me download this. I can implement this in my business. And then, you know, Oh, maybe I want to schedule a call with that person, but I can't remember what that download was or who that person was. And then, um, you know, I grab the download it has the branding on it. And then I see something else pop up in an ad a week later, retargeting or whatever. And then I'm like, yes, that's the person I wanted to call. And it's actually happened to me. There's a company I'm working with right now that that's exactly how I ended up in their sales funnel. I saw this guy's ads come up three, four, five times. And I finally reached out. I downloaded a little how-to guide that he had out there. And it's been a great working relationship so far, but I I wouldn't have known that or done that if I he hadn't had multiple touch points that were all clean and they all kind of funneled you into the same ecosystem. So that's why when you think about your brand, think about it as like a living, breathing ecosystem online that you have to nurture over time. It's not set it and forget it. It is not as simple as that nowadays with content getting pumped out daily in the millions of pieces of content. And people used to be able to see things three or four times and then remember it. Now people are having to see things 14, 15, 16 times before they remember it because their news feeds and their emails. And I mean, how many people have to take vacations in the wilderness every year just to get away from all of the information overload? So what I would recommend you do as you're building out your brand is really shut the noise off. If you're one of those information junkies 
that downloads every single infographic, free social media kit, et cetera, et cetera. Stop doing that. <laughs> Turn off your, try to suppress that need to download every single thing and um, really focus on your core principles, your mission, your values, your coloring and um, your, you know, color palette, color uh, schemes and get that nailed down because once all of that stuff is nailed down, no matter where anyone finds you, it's going to make sense for them visually that they're going to, you're going to show up the same in each area. So that is important. And um, so uh, the branding and marketing obviously overlap, but they're not necessarily the same thing. So again, just to recap, I know this is really short, but it's, it's not a very tough topic. It's just a matter of understanding the difference. When someone tells you they're a marketing strategist or they do marketing, marketing is a massive umbrella under which there's sales, branding, uh, there's email marketing, there's pay-per-click advertising, there's regular traditional advertising, media buyers, there's all kinds of things under that big marketing umbrella. So our um, what we typically we don't advertise ourselves as a marketing agency. We're really a brand agency. So we brand the core of what we do is branding. So that way your entire online life looks cohesive and you come across as polished and not all over the place. And through that whole process, we are building out all the marketing channels and the marketing uh, mechanisms that you need to actually sell and get in front of people. So it is multiple sided, um, but it's different. So don't get confused or overwhelmed. Um, really the branding piece is the foundation that holds it all together. Um, and then the really your marketing is like this ecosystem, like a giant, if you think of the earth as an ecosystem, and then the earth has different pieces and parts and things about it that branch off. So like the center of the universe, if we pretend that the solar system has the earth at the center and your business is the earth, you are going to branch out and you're gonna have all these things that come off of it. So you're gonna have a web, you're gonna have social, you're gonna have PR, you're gonna have uh, sales funnels, you're gonna have these all these ancillary things that all kind of connect to form your brand. And so, all the pieces of content you're creating, whether it's videos, whether it's podcasts, whatever, it's all going to look and feel the same. Um, and your messaging should be clear and concise so that you have one thing that you talk about. One of the biggest mistakes I did in the beginning is I launched myself into the digital space as a full service marketing agency, which you know, in the beginning, I think everybody does that because people are telling you, oh, pick a niche. And you're like, well, what niche do I do? Do I do like real estate agents, that kind of a niche? Or do I do a services niche? Like I just do landing page designs and that's it. And I think the struggle with sometimes positioning yourself a certain way is that you don't want to limit yourself to the clients that you can serve. But if you think about your business as a restaurant, because that's an easy answer that we can all relate to or an easy example. If you know that there's a certain restaurant in town that has the best fried chicken on the planet and that is all they do is the most ridiculously good fried chicken, you're going to always think of them when you want fried chicken. And that's the same thing that you need to think about with your business. What is the thing you want to be known for? 
a lot of people are like, well, I am an author, speaker, coach, consultant, slash launching 17 businesses. And I'm also a babysitter on the side, (laughs) you know, don't fall into that trap because what happens is the world is not going to understand what it is that you actually do well. And they're going to be afraid to hire you because they're not going to know what your expertise really is. And they are going to make an assumption that you are the type of person that takes on too much and you aren't going to be able to help them because you're going to be trying to manage all these commitments that you have said that you are part of. So if you just say I do branding or I do web development or I do XYZ, that's fine. We, we build out brands online, brand ecosystems. And so there's a lot of touch points within that, but we don't market ourselves as a web developer or other things. We literally do the strategy behind the brand and then we do have a team that can execute it. So I never want people to get all discombobulated with what, what does that mean? It's like, well, we are going to build your brand. We're going to look at your colors. We're going to look at your messaging. We're going to look at how you show up online. And all of that is translated easily to how you show up in person because your print material is going to reflect the same design elements anyway. That's the thing. People sometimes separate print and digital, but it's not. It's your, it's the same. Um, you're just basically exporting files in a different format and printing them out instead of putting them on a website or on a digital medium. It's really not a different it's really not a different approach. It's just the the way that it's executed. So I hope that helps. I think that um, when you're first starting out, maybe you want to offer services that reflect your skill set. But if that's, if that's not the case, try doing uh, like if you're a service-based person, you want to start a business for the first time. I know that this uh, podcast isn't necessarily targeted towards that audience, but let's just say you happen to be listening to my voice right now and you're thinking about starting your own business, but you have skill sets in a lot of things. You know how to do social media. You know how to do some design. You're great with Canva. You are great with understanding personalities and you can help people get certain design things done. That's great. Start out as a virtual assistant or a freelancer who like a marketing freelancer generalist and take on a bunch of clients And then really get to know how it feels to grind out that work. Because I have to tell you, I, um, the only time I've ever gotten burned out in my business is not, it didn't even have to do with the work I was actually doing. I love doing branding actually. It's one of my favorite things in the world. And so I don't get ever tired of doing client work. I've always gotten burned out of all the administrative things I have to do in my business, like the, you know, taxes and bookkeeping and, finding, you know, the right talent and stuff that to me is a little bit stressful because it's just, there's a lot of pieces and parts. And I, I just love focusing on helping the client. So you need to start working with clients as soon as you can. Um, If you're a little bit younger, you have no experience start. I started out helping out my friends for free. And then I charged them a little bit, like a couple hundred bucks for, you know, a little website on Wix or something. And it just, taught me how to interact with clients. And so once you actually get into your business two to three years down the line and you've really figured out your sweet spot and your talent, what, you know, self-awareness is huge with figuring that out. Um, you want to start to knit yourself down. If you've already worked in an industry for years, maybe you're used to be a senior level executive at a different, at a corporation. And now you're starting your own business. You're at a different level in your career. 
Um, and you've had a lot of work experiences that are um, outside having your own business, but still absolutely relevant. You may already know that niche. And I would recommend if you're at that level in your career, you're not really a startup starting your career type um, in that season of life. You want a niche right away. I wouldn't try to, you know, I've been doing 30 years in accounting, but now I want to be something else. I mean, of course you can pivot, but if you want to stick with accounting, figure out the very specific path that you enjoy the most, or you offer services and you partner with somebody else and, and you um, outsource some stuff that you really don't love to do. So um, yeah, that's all part of your processes, but they do affect your brand because your clients are going to feel how you interact with them and how you support them. And they're going to be part of the process you take them through. So when you're not operating in your full gifts and talents and strengths in a natural way, it's going to be reflected in your brand. So um, niching out before and thinking through that while you're building out the foundation of your brand is fantastic, but don't feel like you can't pivot. I've rebranded myself in different ways, even under the same name. I started out with a military marketing agency years ago, Stars and Stripes Marketing. I redid that look and feel, I think two or three times. And I rebranded in 2016 as Keelan Marie Consulting so I could expand my client base. And now this is my second or third iteration. And I'm just, I'm probably not going to touch a thing for at least two, three years because I just love the brand colors that we have. And I love the new website that we have. So you will know once you nail it and you really feel good about it, you'll know. And after two, three years, design uh, aesthetics may change and you may be a person that likes to be trendy and keep up with the times. And every couple of years when the design trends are shifting, you want to you want to update it. But if you're a lawyer or an educator or something, um, you may not want to change it for a long time because you want to have that classic brand that doesn't need a lot of tweaking. There's there's no trendy font uses and trendy color schemes and stuff. So um, as you work through it, think through that too. But yeah, that's the difference between marketing and branding. Branding is the foundational elements that you think through before you implement your marketing through website, social media, and design work. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.